Hello and welcome to the Presenting Accountants podcast. I'm the host, Alexandra Bond-Burnett, and uh, and yes, so we are here to talk about speaking fear. Do you have speaking fear? What does it feel like when you go to present or public speak? Have you ever been asked to, back, back when we could, uh, go up on a live stage? In fact, I just hosted a live uh, show in another group and the panellist who was along with me messaged me afterwards and saying, thank you so much, really enjoyed it, going to lie down now and vomit. And that is such, a, it really is such a strong physical reaction. And that was just live, uh, you know, sat in front of her computer. So it was incredible how powerful fear, the fear response is when it comes to speaking. And if you do feel like that, even slightly just getting the nerves and the shaking hands, then you are not alone. It is one of the the biggest speaking uh, phobias in the world. Sorry, speaking phobias, the biggest phobia in the world. Seriously, it's in the top Five. In fact, it's usually listed in the top five amongst with uh, spiders, uh, <laughs> snakes, death, death is up there as well, and heights. And those are the top five fears. And, and public speaking, glossophobia, otherwise known as, is one of them. So uh, we have this huge fear. So this episode, I'm going to go through why we feel that kind of fear and what three steps you can do to help reduce the fear and to get out there and do it. Because if it's holding you back and it's holding you back in your career, because you're not putting yourself out there and you're not being seen and you're not being influential, you're not stepping up and speaking. I mean, I I have worked with people who even when it came to the Monday morning meeting, sitting around in a boardroom, wanted to throw up and was just sitting there waiting for it to be their turn. And they wanted just to, you know, that feeling. And that is uh, the, the thought of someone being restricted that way when they are fantastic at what they do and they have the, the financial technical expertise, um, but it is simply this one huge barrier that's holding them back. Uh, well, I want to fix that and I want to help if I can. So let's help reduce that speaking fear so that you can go out there and do what you need to do. Okay, Let's get started. In the meantime, though, actually, I have something before we do. I want to ask you something. If you love this podcast and you think it's really great, can you please, please sign in to whatever it is and and give us a review and give us a rating? Give me a rating. Um, I'd really appreciate it. Also, you can uh, join our my Facebook group, which is uh, Elevated Communication for Accountants, and that's on Facebook. So come and give me a review and join in the Facebook space because it's about to get a bit lively in there. Um, and and keep an eye on also some of the free trainings I have on the website, www.speakingambition.com. So that's quite a to-do list, isn't it? <laughs> Never mind. Okay, let's get started. What is public speaking fear? Well, I'm going to 
give you a bit of a breakdown about what it is and what happens when we feel it coming on. And I am speaking from experience as well, even with my professional acting training, my experience on a variety of of really quite large stages, singing, uh, speaking as a public speaker as well, in a, so with different audiences when it comes to either a professional, uh, you know, very serious set and a very, or someone who's expecting to be entertained. Um, uh, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you about my, my biggest nerves that I had. And actually it was when I did my TEDx talk. And I did my TEDx back in 2016, and in, it was a fairly local one as well. It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it was really somewhere that I should have felt super duper relaxed, and um, and I knew so many of the people. I even knew the tech, uh, like the the tech guys and the people who were filming it. I knew the production company, so I was surrounded by people I knew, and I thought, well, you know. Um, this is going to be great. But here's the thing, here's the thing. Up until this point, I had been, uh, you know, I'd been performing a lot and I'd been coaching and training. And this was actually the first time that I was public speaking, in a sense. So it wasn't a script. Um, it wasn't another character. It wasn't a song. It wasn't something I was teaching and therefore I'm just in, you know, it's all quite fluid and you have interactions and people coming back to you and you're doing exercises and, uh, and reviewing and your brain's actually more thinking about what other people are doing more than you. And my time got pushed back. Actually, it was a bit later. I thought I was going to be on in the morning and it wasn't. I was on at two o'clock in the afternoon and I arrived there first thing in the morning and I was just, I was, I was shaking. I was shaking. I then, as the morning got on, and the thing is, my script had also been uh, smushed around, not script, but my the stages of what I was talking about, they'd changed it around the night before and I was feeling a little bit unsure of what bit went where. And I was practicing and practicing in the morning and I kept drinking the free coffee while I was there. And uh, and soon, of course, I was starting to shake and I was waiting in the hallway, waiting to be called on. And I realized my hands, my hands just did not stop shaking. Um, and I was sweating, beads of sweat on my forehead. I could feel it. Um, and, uh, you know, down my neck and my back. And I was um, thinking, oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm out here. I'm meant to, you know, and also I've got the added, <laughs> added fear that I talk about talking and I talk about uh, performing and speaking and presenting. So no one wants to see a nervous speaking coach. Um, but it does transpire there was a reason why I was having such a physical reaction. The first one was is because this is me. This is me talking in front of people. And the reason why we um, as humans feel so much speaking fear is because we are quite literally exposing ourselves. I say literally, not literally. That's a whole different type of performance. Um, figuratively, we're figuratively exposing ourselves for everyone to see. And that is our thoughts, our feelings, our professionalism, if that's what you're talking about. Um, and we are there ready and open to have a shot taken at us. You know, it, it's um, 
it, we're, we're, we're there for people and it feels like they're going to rip us apart, but not just us, every inner part of us. And that's why it's so terrifying to, to do that because we are, and our body responds, our body responds because our body is thinking, right, you are out there and you are going to be your flesh is going to be ripped to shreds. You're feeling the fear because you feel you're feeling like you're going to be attacked. And that feeling of being attacked is leading to a physical fear response. Um, and of course, that like, ignites the flight, flight or fight or freeze in some cases response. So back when I was doing my TEDx talk, I went on and I could not. So I'd never had this before. And I've done some pre pretty ridiculous roles, I have to say, in the past. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've sang at the Royal Festival Hall. I've I've um, uh, I've, I've performed Shakespeare. I've uh, I've done live and interactive theatre. Never before have I had this level of a physical response. And I was shaking. I thought, well, that teaches me. <laughs> that teaches me for having seven coffees beforehand. And usually, uh, you know, I can drink coffee till the cows come home. But my hands were physically like I couldn't stop them shaking. Um, and uh, and I kept having this this physical response and I felt like I was sweating. And actually, if you can look it up, you can look it up on YouTube uh, or on, on my website. Actually, it's on my about page. I, I don't tend to shout about it because it's... Uh, uh, because I felt like I was having this massive response. It actually turns out that one of the reasons was having a very heightened, hugely heightened sense of a physical response uh, to this fear um, of showing everyone who it was, who it was me, not a character, not a not a set of lyrics I was singing, not a not someone else's words, not a training where I'm focused on someone else, but it was me <laughs> suddenly very raw very uh you know putting myself out there uh but that that physical reason why I was so heightened was it turns out I was pregnant and I had no idea so um obviously pregnancy plays havoc with uh chemicals and hormones and adrenaline and all sorts of things and so it turns out it's very important to be aware of with what's happening in your body when you are performing or speaking so what can we do about fear um, when it starts creeping in and when that sweat starts beating up and, uh, the, you know, the arms start shaking? Um, well, first of all, let's, uh, number one, number one is to really acknowledge the feelings and what is happening physically in your body. So just take a moment to really think about what's happening. Okay, it's like, okay, I can feel the shakes and that's because, um, and then I want you to imagine it because what is happening, I'll explain it. What is happening is the adrenaline, which is a chemical that's released in your body when you feel fear or fight or, you know, when you feel like you're being attacked or when you feel like you're ready to go. And that's when we get that fight or flight uh, syndrome because our body's thinking, right, click, engage, go. And the adrenaline has a hugely powerful response. So it's going to do one of two things. One, it'll go to your limbs and prepare you to run, <laughs> to go, uh, run away. Um, and you get a huge, huge uh, fear. Um, so so you've, it's preparing to get you out of that situation. 
and uh, or you will uh, free you know have the the, the freeze response as well um which i do believe i think it is flight fright or freeze now one of these other ones it is where the adrenaline rushes from your limbs so from your fingers up your arms which is often why they shake um and it comes from your limbs and it goes all towards your internal organs to protect them as well so all it's taking sorry all the blood all the adrenaline is rushing all that blood away and that's what fainting is as it happens it's actually trying to get um you to lie down <laughs> in a sense uh i mean a variety is of different vasovagal episodes and things like that but a traditional faint uh is where the blood drops and plummets so that you lie down and you can get it back to your head um but it's it's sucking all the blood to your internal organs um so that it can protect that at the very least um i say that because actually i've had uh, again i've had a, a very intimate uh experiences with with kind of adrenaline um i'm anaphylactic and one of the last times i had a massive episode it was actually the week before my wedding i tell you what there's nothing uh this if ever you're worried about your wedding or things uh going wrong or what you know dress is going to be okay or whatever it's nothing like a, a near-death experience to make you feel like hell let's just have some fun um so uh yeah when when the first response uh came to my house and they were obviously fantastic thank you nhs um but because I had a first responder and then an ambulance came and took me away, I had uh, an overdose of adrenaline. And it was the first time I'd had this kind of reaction. And it was, um, so they'd given me too much and I never knew this could happen. But my my hands and arms all started to literally draw in and, it, and I started having this kind of seizure. And my toes curled and my fingers curled up. And everything kind of drew into my body. And I had, I, I, I couldn't even speak. I didn't even know. I, I was so terrified. I didn't know what was happening because this had never happened to me before. Almost having the uh, anaphylaxia is not a problem because I know what was going to happen. But this was new. Um, and I could feel my heart felt like it was going to jump out of my chest and, and dance around on the floor. And, um, and it turns out, and they explained it to me afterwards, is that that is what adrenaline does. The adrenaline sucks up all the blood from, so literally, it, the reason why my arms drew and my fingers curled up and toes curled up is because all of the blood was going and, uh, and, and sucking into my internal organs to protect my heart, to protect my, uh, all the essentials. Um, and it gave me such an insight into what happens actually when we are having that fear response, um, because it was almost like an induced fear response, uh, which was, was absolutely bonkers. Um, so, okay. So just by acknowledging what is happening in your own body and thinking about that step and actually turning it into processes like, okay, my body has suddenly acknowledged that I should be scared. That's what's happening. My brain has told my body that there is an emotion which has triggered a chemical response. So think about that just for a second. Think about it. That is what has happened. And think about what it's doing to your body and recognize, okay, is this fight or flight? What is my body attempting to do? Is it trying to get me out of here? Is it trying to freeze me? What is my body trying to do? And once you start thinking about it, obviously your brain ha is, the, is the first thing that triggered the emotion of fear. So it's just 
kind of going through a log logical process um, to calm it down. Now, the, the body is a powerful thing, so we just have to use, it's not going to go switch off, but it's going to just start gently going, you're safe. And that's essentially what we need the brain to tell the body again is you are not in immediate danger. This is just going to be uncomfortable and there will be some anxiety. And that's OK. That's OK. There are still public speakers out there that have like, <laughs> have uh, nerves. I get nervous. I get I get this buzz of a buzz of adrenaline, which is a bit different um, when I go on stage. But it's about how you use it uh, and and how you use it in a, in a good energy. Um, so to show the audience what what you're on about. So that is the first step is to really acknowledge what is happening what your body is is uh what your the conversation between your brain and your body and start to gently tell the body that it is safe and you recognize what it's doing and what it's you know what it's trying to help you to do that will in turn with this next step this will really help so the next step and you would have probably heard this a lot before but i'm going to teach you you know, kind of the how and the why, is to breathe. So the next step is to breathe. And I know, of course, you're thinking, Alex, oh, I'm already breathing. This is what I'm doing right now. I'm inhaling and exhaling. Yep. Okay. So breathing is something that we do unconsciously or uh, all the time, obviously. Um, but we're going to do a nice deep breath and I'm just going to quickly give you <laughs> give you a run through uh, right now. And all it is, and I want you to do it with me if you can. OK, so I just want you to feel what it does. So whatever you're doing, stop. Just stop for a second and just stand still or sit still or whatever you're doing. Just stop. Or if you're in your car listening, just be obviously keep your eyes on the road. <laughs> Keep your eyes on the road. Don't do anything crazy. Um, keep going, but feel a stillness uh, in your driving and concentrate on your driving. So actually, that will give you some focus. Anyway, I want you to regulate your breathing. So breathe out, but we're going to go for three counts. Breathe out. And breathe in. And breathe out. And breathe in. One, two, three. And then we're going to extend that. One, two, three, four. In, two, three, four. And now I want you to really think about how your chest is moving. Is your chest rising up and down? Up, down, because actually we don't want that. That's a heaving chest that is as much as it works for Jane Austen novels. It's not what we're after. What I really want you to do is to feel your ribs expanding and moving out, almost like how an accordion moves um, up and out um, and in and down. And that's what we want our ribs to do. So I want you to focus on, because that is your lungs filling up with air. If your lungs are filling up effectively, it means that they are filling up and and your your ribs should go sideways sideways out um, rather than a heaving chest up that means they're not fully filling up your your lungs okay so when we're in a panic we do uh, gasp we're just going 
in a bit of air and it's it's not helping your body because what the breathing is doing is not just getting you to calm down well it is because it is getting that blood that's rushed to your internal organs it is the thing the oxygen slowly coming in and slowly coming out regulating it is getting all that blood to rush down your arms and back to your fingertips that's what it's doing and that in and back to your legs and back to your brain as well to tell your brain that it's all okay. It's only a bit of public speaking. It's only a bit of presenting. So this is what we need you to do is breathe in. So if you can go for four counts in and out and make sure it is up and out breathing as well. So really have a think about that. Are you, are you noticing right now? How are you breathing? How, what, is, what, is it, what are your lungs doing? <laughs> have a think about it. So that is number two, is simply to breathe, but it's not as simple as that. You've got to breathe um, and really think about what you're doing because that is what's going to get all the oxygenated blood moving around your body and that is what is going to tell the adrenaline to go back in its box um, or be useful, be useful and give an adrenaline buzz rather than an adrenaline uh, fear um, and terror, you know, ter that terrifies your body. Um, so that is your next response. Um, and even what I'll throw into that is actually to get give yourself a hug which it sounds ridiculous but wrap your arms around you and get your hands to squeeze your arms and again that is getting the blood and uh, I use this uh, I worked with someone who was actually I had to go with them for public speaking engagements um, and and prepare them before they worked on uh, walked onto the stage to deliver and it was even a gentle getting in a habit of squeezing arms doing the breathing routine squeezing the arms to get the blood again you know when you're when you squeeze and you see it go white and then it goes pink again that is the blood uh rising uh and going away from the capillaries so it's activating those capillaries and that's why hugs are great um because it's kind of a physical response of the blood telling everyone's okay anyway so that's uh number two to breathe number three number three is to focus on the purpose uh of what you're doing so if you remember i said about my ted talk and i said that the ted talk is um is uh, usually I'm either performing and it's someone else, but the other thing I mentioned was training people or facilitating training or, or mentoring um, or coaching people. And that's because when I'm in that space, I'm focused solely on, the, on, on what value I can do or what I can do to help that person. And this is what I call a mentor mindset and you might have heard me talk about this uh, so many times before and it comes to presenting um, and this is what I also call you know being being a Yoda with your clients if you if you work with clients um, or your uh, whoever it is you're presenting to essentially your audience so this is how it works um, to get yourself into mentor mode so part of the nerve reaction is because again the brain has communicated that it is it's being self-centered to be honest with you your brain is being a little bit selfish and it is thinking about what's gonna happen to you what if it goes wrong for you what if no one likes you and your brain needs to refocus so this is what we're gonna do 
We're going to tell your brain, you're going to sit there and really have a think about the audience and you're going to think about the problem that they have because that is essentially why we present. We present because somewhere in that room, usually the people you're speaking to has a huge problem and it is an obstacle and that obstacle is in the way of them achieving what they need to achieve or what they want to achieve. It's, achieve, it's stopping them from getting their goals. It's, it's, stop, it's stopping them from, you know, whatever it is, whatever financial package, whether it's selling the business, whether it is getting investors, whether it is um, uh, getting finance or, or, or you're proposing a digital transformation of some sort, um, this there's a reason why someone is there in the room. And again, that is what I call the bums on seats rule. So there's a reason that they are there and you should be addressing that. But uh, that'll be back in my presentation <laughs> presentation episode which you should check out so this is all about really refocusing your brain you're not there for you and telling your brain it's not about you um and it's not to say that you're there being selfish of course not it's about just saying to your brain hey if you focus on helping the people that you're there to help and you might be thinking that well, actually, maybe I'm there to help myself in some way, like either be seen for a career, uh, you know, upgrade or um, to get clients or, or what's you, you're focused on when it's in it for you. Um, the self-orientation is on you. And um, and as I say in the trust equation, uh, trust is credibility plus reliability plus intimacy divided into self-orientation. So using your mentor mindset. So a mentor in storytelling, <laughs> so often you say like Star Wars or um, Lord of the Rings or some of the classic, classic quest uh, or overcoming the monster stories out there, there is always a mentor and a mentor is someone who is wise, who is um, experienced, who has been there, done that, got the t-shirt, who is purely in existence in the story, the sole function is to teach the hero uh, when to to how what what they need to do, or to give them the courage, or to tell them a story that helps them, or to give them the tools. So Q in Bond um, is is the person who gives technology and gives guidance, uh, sometimes actual guidance in terms of maps and, and uh, directions um, and also the equipment to for bondage. So Bond will hit an obstacle and can't go further with what he's got. But then suddenly he's got the whizzy gadget or the car or maps or guidance or now tech and coding um, for him to move forward and achieve his goal. So that is a mentor. And if you get your mental mindset on and you help and you become Q and you think this is not a, this is if I do not stand up and talk and share what I know right now, then these guys cannot move forward. And suddenly when you have that mindset, you're like, yes, go, let's bring it on. I have to do this. And that's true because the reason why we present and not don't send an email or write a document, the reason why we public speak, uh, yes, it might be to get your, your business clients or to, for, for good um, networking or to uh, get, or essentially it's always to get buy-in, buy-in to an idea. Presenting is always about buy-in for an idea. But if you don't do that, 
then the people who need you, the businesses who need you, will not know that you're there, will not know how you work, and will not know that you have what it takes to get them past that obstacle. And they need to. So if you really I think how enthused I am right now, um, if you listen, if you think about that, then you will be an amazing public speaker because you have huge huge level of, of strong in, and and goodwilled intention as well. So mental mindset, that is number three and such a powerful one because if I know anything about you accountants, it is that you love to use your knowledge, use your skills, use your technology, use your apps and know-how and professionalism to help people. So let that help you. To recap on all that, <laughs> to tackle your nerves. And it's not something, this is something that has to become a behavior as well. The more you do it, the more you do speaking, and you think about this process, the better it will become. So it's not going to happen overnight like anything because your body is a very powerful thing. And we've got to get your brain chatting to your body and, and, and talking to each other. So it does take some doing and potentially some coaching. Okay, so number one is to acknowledge acknowledge what is happening between your brain and your body and what your body is trying to do. So acknowledge what's happening. Number, so that's number one. Number two is to breathe effectively, to breathe effectively. You must breathe effectively, not just breathe, breathe effectively, low, slow, and get that blood, oxygenated blood moving around your body. Okay. So you own your body, you are, you, you can be in control. Number three is to get that mental mindset on. Remember who your audience is and why they need you and why they need to hear what you have to say. So remember that. Okay, I hope that has helped. Um, I really do hope that has helped. If you have any questions at all or you have any problems with public speaking, please feel free. Do not hesitate. I do not want you to stop. Uh, let this hold you back. So please get in touch with me um, or register on the website as well because I host um, free trainings every two weeks. It is uh, on speakingambition.com. So check out speakingambition.com and there's the free training events on there um, and also check out the Facebook group. But that is it from me. And if you do also, in fact, I have a re I completely forgot one of the most powerful tools in my mentor mode and my cue mode for you. If you do want to measure your skills as a speaker, as a communicator, check out the accountant's communication scorecard, which is at speakingambition.com forward slash scorecard, speakingambition.com forward slash scorecard. And that is one of the powerful tools I have in my toolkit for you to be totally aware of what you do and how you communicate and which areas you could use to work on to build up your, your connections and to build up your influence and to be able to really, really affect people. Okay, that's it from me. Take care, everyone. Bye.